This is Jim Minns, Communications Officer with the PSA. On the podcast this week... Without our members, schools could not function, particularly those schools that have a lot of high needs or special needs children. There could be no proper effort against um, bushfire or firefighting or firefighting mitigation. So many critical services are operated by our members. So COVID-19 is one of many challenges that um, have been thrown at them uh, this year in particular. PSA General Secretary Stuart Little interviews some of the champions of the state. We've launched our Champions of the State campaign, and this week on the podcast, General Secretary of the PSA, Stuart Little, interviews but a few of our hardworking and resilient champions, those PSA members who keep New South Wales alive and thriving, and whom, without their work, the state would be a shadow of what we know today. So without further ado, here's Stuart. Well, now I'm talking to Wendy Hurry. Wendy is not only the Vice President of the PSA, but Wendy is also a school um, administrative officer up in uh, the north of the state. And thanks for joining me, Wendy. You know, what have you had to do, not just you um, in terms of your, your, your school role, but also having to juggle, obviously, living in a regional community. Um, you know, what have you had to do to, to get to the school and deliver the services that you, 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 you deliver? It took a week or so for our school and I think as many others uh, to come to terms with it and put it into practice um, to get routines and rosters up um, so that we were able to work from home. However, because the school was still opened and we were really uncertain a lot of the time as to how many students would turn up. We had to have someone available at the school. So it wasn't a matter of everybody working from home, uh, like um, that, you know, similarly to other government agencies where that might happen. It was a matter of um, rostering us on to make sure that someone was always here. Our SLSOs, were here all of the time um, because most of our students um, requiring, uh, the high high needs students requiring that support were attending school uh, each day. And so we had to have our SLSOs here every day. But at the same time, um, we were there supporting our teachers in a completely new model of learning. Um, having to make sure all the online resources were prepared and assisting the staff in doing that. And our SLSOs took on a different role or, or an additional role, really, um, in, in supporting um, the teachers to deliver online services to other students within the classes, as well as making sure those kids with high needs were catered for and provided the same educational opportunities. Schools are really now structured where the government don't play a centralised role anymore. They devolved all of that out to the principals. And you saw it, you know, again, with the way the government have approached this announcement that the kids will go back to school. You know, clearly they have not properly consulted with either the Teachers' Federation or 
properly through the department. And I think the, they're obviously just thinking, well, oh, we, we've spoken to the principals and so that's going to all going to happen. Yeah, Stuart. No? Actually, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, you've just, you've just um, identified another train, um, another issue. Um, with the long, with our long-term temporary uh, people um, on contracts, a lot of them were on contracts um, ongoing. Um, some of them were due to finish at the end of term one. And a lot of people were up in the air and they're feeling very insecure about their um, employment. Um, a lot of them were thinking that they were going to finish. In fact, quite a number of contracts were finished and were terminated um, because there, there wasn't really enough early guidance given by the department uh, in terms of what to do with um, the temporary contracts. We have continued those temporary contracts. Um, communication between schools and the department has been a bit of an issue in regard to that. There's been a lot of schools communicating via email statewide, asking questions about what to do and when to do it. And we've had to sort of rely on word of mouth sometimes mm. um, rather than um, early enough direction from the department. How are you coping with that? I mean, and when you speak to other members in, in the schools, um, you know, how are they coping with it? On the whole, Stuart, I think that school administrators and support staff are very good at handling change <laughs> mm. because we've had a lot of change thrown at us um, over the last 10 years, an incredible amount of change. And that has, I think, made us become more resilient However, you do get the people that do suffer and are unable to cope as well as others. And in those instances, um, we or I as a delegate am, am making sure that I'm in touch with people like that that need that additional support and even take it further um, to PSA and to the department. Um, we have had to do that in the past when school administrative and support staff just haven't been able to get the adequate support at local level at the school. The next champion to join us is Janice Hartman. Janice is an outstanding workplace delegate uh, who works in Service New South Wales up at Newcastle. Janice, thanks for joining us. I suppose one of the things that it's often difficult to get is, is recognition of the really important work that, that our members play. And what I think COVID-19 has really showed is just how important and critical the functions are. But I know for a lot of members, and Service New South Wales, where you work, is one of those areas where they've just got to rock up there uh, and deal with those transactions every day and in the interface with members of the public. And, and I, I, get, I, I get it because I remember trying to work through it um, when COVID first hit, thinking, well, really, people... You know, if their car's not insured or not registered, well, they're not covered for insurance. If they're driving and they're unlicensed, well, then they're liable. You know, the legal ramifications go on and on. So if there's not somebody there to make sure that the way in which we regulate so much of our society, whether it's cars, roads, 
um, you know, all those other services that you guys provide, um, our system falls over. The whole system has changed. Every single day we take on new business that we have never done before. For the first probably week, I was taking pretty much mental health calls because it was people who were frightened to leave the house or ones who wanted to leave the house that weren't able to. I'd spent hours, you know, I have no mental health training, the only health, other than what I've done through the PSA with our courses, which I don't really think classes me as a psychologist. Um, having said that, we have had a lot of great support from our people as well. Mm. So to, to keep us up to date. The additional functions that you guys have picked up, that includes stuff from the federal government and from the state that government, is. is that right? Can you tell yeah, us a we bit have about a disaster that? welfare team. That's our disaster welfare team. They do um, a lot of the business grants and calls on that. I, I'm not involved in it, but that's what they call themselves, disaster welfare team. They've actually been taking calls since bushfires and anything mm. like that. So they've been getting bigger and bigger. Right now, they're probably one of our biggest... Um, well, they've got their own little contact centre inside the contact centre now. They're actually calling them a contact centre of themselves, our disaster welfare team. So they're still doing bushfire grants. They're still doing, they do COVID calls, um, pretty much anything that's a, a disaster. So the floods, all of those calls are going through Service New South Wales. I, I suppose, you know, one of the, obviously part of what we're doing in, in this podcast and, and the campaign that we're really running to try and, um, you know, really show up the, the, the unsung heroes, the champions um, of the state, you know, people that, that do all this work that, that people never see. But, but realistically, you know, you know, where would we be without Service New South Wales? You know, how would we be coping? Um, how, you know, how could that work yeah. be done? Seriously, how, you know, how would all those functions get performed? You'd have us on the news going, oh, call 137788, they can answer, they can do anything for yeah. you. And literally that's what people were doing. It was ringing up and saying, I can't find toilet paper. Can you find me some toilet paper? But Gladys said we could. But Gladys said we could do anything. So, oh, wow. It was just, she just needed to, she needed people to tell her how desperate our customers were that they, you know, Gladys said we could do it. So they expected us to do it. This is a weekly podcast and you can subscribe to the PSA CPSU podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jim Minns. Thanks again and you'll hear from us next week. Uh, uh.